0: our father and from the lord jesus your friends the part of god's word that we'll give our attention to today comes from paul's second letter to the thessalonians reading in chapter 1 we'll read those verses in just a few minutes here the thessalonians knew very well what jesus was talking about in our gospel reading today that life in these last days and the end times which they were already in back then and which we are certainly in today
1: is not going to be easy. As I mentioned
0: with the kids, so many frightened things that Jesus talks about. Many will come and try to deceive God's people. There will be wars and revolutions, nation rising against nation, earthquakes, famines, pestilences. People will seize you, Jesus said, and throw you in prison. Some of you will be put to death. Betrayal by family, by friends, by relatives.
1: Jesus says, all men will hate you because of me. Now, it doesn't mean
0: that all of these things will happen to all of God's people in every generation and in every place but it does mean that all of these things will happen in the last days and all of God's people will experience some of them.
1: In our place and time, by God's
0: grace, we are generally preserved from violent persecution, from prison, from being called to account because of our relationship with Jesus.
1: And yet we see many of those other things
0: many who come twisting God's word and corrupting the message of truth. Wars and revolutions are so common in some places of the world that sometimes we don't even notice them anymore. Some of you, I'm sure, have been betrayed by close family and friends. All of you have experienced the conflict that sin brings into even the closest of our relationships, Here on earth, each of you carries a cross
1: as a child of God in this world. Life in these last days
0: is not going to be easy. But Jesus says by standing firm, by persevering, you will gain life. In the book of Revelation, he made a similar promise to the church at Smyrna. He said to them, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. It was clear that, by God's grace, the Thessalonians had that sort of faithfulness. Almost from the start of Paul's gospel work among them, they faced the fire of persecution. But at the same time, they had that gift. Perseverance. In the verse just before our section, Paul said, Among God's churches we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring.
1: But well, we need that perseverance as well, right? We know what it's like to
0: live in these last days. Paul tells us that this perseverance comes through what we might think is kind of an unlikely source it comes from judgment. See God's judgment is a blessing. It is a gift even though at times we might think just the opposite. We might kind of wish that there was no judgment or any threat of judgment whatsoever. But God's judgment is both just And gracious. The future judgment on unbelievers. The present judgment on God's people, those who believe in Jesus. Both of those things work together to give us the perseverance that we need right now.
1: Listen to what Paul says in these verses.
0: All this is evidence that God's judgment is right And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might on the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at him among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony
1: to you. This is the word of our God. God's judgment comes
0: in different varieties, but all of them work to bring us perseverance. And so first, we're going to
1: consider God's future judgment of unbelievers. Paul had a lot to say about that in our verses today. But I want to begin with this question. What options do we have? When we face persecution, when we are abused,
0: taken advantage of, ridiculed or dismissed or whatever on account of our faith in Jesus, what options do we have? The temptation may come to kind of take matters into our own hands, that if people launch hurtful words against us that we're going to respond in kind. Or if people dismiss us of people unworthy of any concern because of our faith in Jesus, that we're going to turn around and treat them in exactly the same way. And if that doesn't work, well then maybe the temptation will come for us to fall into despair, and despondency. We wonder why God seems so indifferent, so unconcerned with the trials and troubles that we face in life. We question God's sense of justice when it doesn't seem to be lining up with our own. This doesn't look fair to me, God. With the first option, we fail to love others as God desires.
1: And with the second option, we fail to love God as He
0: demands and deserves. And in both cases, we sin.
1: But there is a third option,
0: a better option simply put the matter, whatever it may be, in God's hands and know that He'll take care of it in His way,
1: in His time. Paul says,
0: God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled. The day will come when everything is going to be sorted out according to God's perfect, justice that day is when the lord jesus is revealed in all his glory at the end of time paul mentions a couple of groups that are going to fall
1: under his judgment on that day paul says
0: that god will punish those who do not know him at first glance maybe that seems kind of unfair Why would God punish people who don't even know Him? But the point here is that these people choose not to know Him. God has revealed something about Himself to every single person in this world. In creation, He gives testimony to His power, to His wisdom, to His kindness, to His divine nature. On top of that, The natural law that God wrote into the heart of every human being and the conscience that works together with that natural law testifies day after day that we are accountable to God. And yet, so many people simply close their eyes to what's plain to see around them in this world. So many people close their ears to the voice of the conscience that testifies day after day. In Psalm 14, God calls such people. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul says that on that day they will be without excuse because, he explains, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God.
1: They choose not to know Him. Paul says God will punish those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord
0: Jesus. Here are people who not only know God from creation and conscience, but they also receive the message of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in their place. And yet they refuse to believe that Christ's sacrifice is enough to secure their salvation. They insist that something more needs to be added to that, and in doing so, they reject Jesus as their only Savior from sin. That's what it means that they do not obey the gospel our Lord Jesus. In John chapter 6, Jesus says, the work of God is simply this, to believe in the one He has sent. Nothing more.
1: But they choose not to.
0: Paul says that both groups will be punished with everlasting destruction. Seems like kind of a contradiction in terms.
1: I mean, the word destruction implies an end. The word everlasting
0: implies just the opposite. But the point is this, that God's judgment will be this eternal process of destruction from which there will be no escape. Worst of all, those who fall under God's judgment will be shut out from His gracious and glorious presence. For all the years that they spend here on earth, They lived under God's presence. They enjoyed his blessings, even if they never acknowledged that. But in hell, God will withdraw his gracious presence and all his
1: blessings forever. So, how
0: does knowing that help us to persevere in this life? God doesn't tell us about this future judgment that's coming so that we can kind of comfort and console ourselves with the thought, well, at least those unbelievers are going to get what's coming to them. God Himself never has that attitude toward anyone in this world. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. That's what God wants. That's what God sincerely desires for every single person in this world. It's why He sent Jesus.
1: but God won't be mocked either. His word will stand. The judgment will come. Whoever does not believe, Jesus said, will be condemned. Entrusting that matter to God's
0: hands allows us to persevere in these last days without falling into the traps of seeking revenge or
1: falling into despair but simply trusting that God will take care of things.
0: You know, even beyond the future judgment that God speaks about for unbelievers, it's the present judgment of believers that really fills us with the perseverance that we need in life. Paul says, all this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. The things that we suffer in this life are not evidence of God's anger toward us. They're evidence of His love for us. They testify to the fact that we are His children. Listen to what Peter says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Peter is saying that all of these things that we experience and suffer as God's people in this world are testimony to the gracious judgment that He has already passed on us. They testify to the fact that we belong to Him. And we need to be reminded of that. Because the things that we suffer as we live in these last days, they don't just come from people out there or things going on out there. They come also from the sin that lives in here. So much of the hardship and troubles that we face are brought on by our own sinfulness. And when we recognize that, when we recognize the troubles that our sin brings into our lives, it's easy for us to start to think that maybe God is punishing us for these sins. That maybe He is judging us right now, just as He's promised to judge unbelievers at the end of time. But here's the thing. Through faith in Jesus, God has already passed His judgment on us. Not guilty. Righteous in my sight. In Romans 8, Paul says it like this, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Knowing that means that even the hardships and troubles that our own sin brings into our lives must be used by God as loving discipline rather than as punishment. The letter to the Hebrews says it like this, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord
1: disciplines those that he loves.
0: It's this daily gracious judgment of God that we live under, that we stand in his grace that keeps us going, that gives us the perseverance that we need. But you know we need to Hear it again and again. We need to be reminded of it again and again. Or we won't believe it. It won't stick. That's why we're here. That's why we gather in this place as often as we do. Whenever one of Jesus' pastors or one, whenever one of your fellow believers proclaims His forgiveness to you, whenever you receive the true body and blood of Jesus in the sacrament, whenever you are reminded of the washing of baptism that we received this morning, God is assuring you of the gracious judgment that He has already passed on you.
1: And He's giving you the perseverance that you need. One more thing about this judgment of God. God's Future judgment of unbelievers and his
0: present judgment of those who believe in him. It all goes back to his past judgment of Jesus. When we go back to the cross of our Savior, then we better understand the future judgment of unbelievers. When we see there that God judged His holy Son, that he punished Jesus for the sins of all, even those who would reject Him and ignore Him. Then we see just how gracious God has been to every single person in this world. He offered everything to them. He gave everything to them. He paid the full price for them. But they rejected or ignored. Ultimately, They choose the judgment from which God did everything possible
1: to spare them. When we go back to the
0: cross of Jesus, we also better appreciate the gracious judgment that God has passed on us. When we see that cross right away, we understand there's no room for pride or boasting on our part. It's nothing that we have done but everything that He has done for us. And at the same time, that cross gives us assurance that our sins haven't just been forgotten about or swept under the rug somewhere only to come back later on, but that they are truly paid for in full. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And so when that day comes, we can stand before God with ultimate confidence. Since He was willing to do so much to sacrifice so much in order to win our salvation to begin with? Will He change His mind when it comes time to bring that salvation to fruition,
1: take us home to His side? Not a chance. God's judgment, past, present, and future, produces in us perseverance that we need to continue on in this life. I want to close
0: by just talking a little bit about that perseverance. What does that look like? I mean, oftentimes people view perseverance as just kind of weathering the storm, just kind of holding up and holding on until the difficult times are past. But you know, Jesus' final instructions to his people before he ascended into heaven points us in a different direction when it comes to our perseverance. Jesus knew full well how difficult things were going to be for his people in these last days. And so in Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He wants us to understand that as we look around at everything scary going on in our world, Jesus says, don't worry, I have it. I've got it. And when we think about all the things that we suffer all the troubles that we may face, Jesus says, don't worry, I've got you too. Don't worry and don't be afraid. But he doesn't follow that up by saying then, therefore, just hold up and hold on until I come back to get you. No, he says, therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them. Teach them to obey Everything I have commanded you. Jesus calls on us to persevere in the mission that he's given us. And when we know the gracious judgment that God has passed on us through faith in Jesus, when we understand the awful judgment that will come to those who don't know God or don't obey the gospel, then we know that we must persevere in our mission. We must go with the good news of salvation to all people so that many more may come to know God's gracious judgment today rather than facing His final judgment on the last day. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. (laughs)